Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today. I'm so excited for the exciting show that we have for you, and more importantly, for more time that I get to be able to spend with you today talking about how incredibly amazing you are and how you can live as a thriving entrepreneur. It's yours. It's there for you. It's something God had intended for you from the beginning of all creation. And today is the day that I want to celebrate who you are with you. Often in life, we have things that have left us in a broken state. I don't know about any of the rest of you, but I know for myself, I can speak for me personally. I know what it's like to feel completely shattered, to be lost completely, both from a spiritual standpoint, but also to feel that way physically. Um, I've had many incidences in my life. Um, I can't say that I'm the most healthy person as far as my physical body goes. And I've had some incidences where I've literally been laid out on the floor. Um, in some ways, perhaps from a physical level, the most literal version of shattered, short of actually literally shattering bones, which I've you know done interviews with people who have done that. For me, the last most recent particular incident was about a year, a little bit more than a year and a half ago now. Um, and I had overdone it and I was coming back from my car to my door, uh, to my little unit here. And, and I just didn't quite make it. Uh, for me, I have uh, the experience of just kind of feeling like I'm melting to the point where my legs don't quit. You know, they don't like just fall, I just shrink down to the point where, um, you know, it's easier to go down to the ground because I can't push back up. I, I literally cannot extend my legs. Um, this particular moment happened uh, literally in the doorway of my house, and uh, I was laying both halfway in and out of my own, you know, of my own door. And I remember having the thought, you know, hey, um, what will happen first? Will I be, uh, you know, eaten by coyotes? I mean, I live in town, so it shouldn't be something that could happen, but it could. Or will I be still laying here in the morning when the landlady who often walks past my back door uh, to go to her office which is in the garage next to where I live and will that be the next time somebody sees me one of the very very rare incidences in my life where I didn't have my phone with me I had just ran out to the car quote unquote real quick you know how that goes um, and I was in my dining room down two little steps across the kitchen and then into the living room from where my phone was and I couldn't move. All I could do was lay there and there's nobody that lives in my house. I mean, I wasn't even in a place where I've joked often that, you know, if I die, my dog will just eat me, but I wasn't even in a place where she could get to me. She would have really been freaked out if she would have been like, why are you laying on the ground, dude? <laughs> And I laid there for probably about an hour, not able to get back up, not even able to scooch on the floor enough to, to really go anywhere. And two little steps in that particular case are massively insurmountable when you can't move. It's as close as I've ever come to experiencing what it must feel like for somebody who 
when they're in the early stages of being paralyzed and learning to maneuver through the world with only their arms. Eventually I did get to the place where, because my arms were worn too, so I couldn't even push myself around to begin with, but I did eventually get to the place where I was able to scooch with my arms up those two little but huge, in this case, steps and into the tile or the linoleum floor in my kitchen and slowly scooched across to my kitchen floor on my back. I had to move the gate that I keep between the living room and the kitchen so that Mocha doesn't come into the kitchen. I had to maneuver it out of the way so that I could continue scooching on my back. And I laid on the floor in front of my chair, still not able to stand, still not able to get up. I eventually was able to reach up and get my phone that was on the stand there. Ironically, the irony to this whole thing is before I took the time or the opportunity to get up the two stairs, I had taken the time as I slowly got myself in the door to then immediately lock my back door. Now, thinking back on it now, I can tell you that was kind of silly because really when I did get to my phone, I should have probably called 911 and, uh, you know, gone to the hospital and been checked out and all those kind of things. And, and uh, you know, when I told my mom about this, she was pretty freaked out about it, as you can imagine. Um, but when I did get to my phone, I messaged a couple of friends and told them what was going on. And, and I was in a much better, quote unquote, better state then. I eventually was able to push myself up onto my chair and I laid in that chair. You know, I mean, all of that I've just described, you know, you're looking at like an hour and a half to two hours of my life. And then I sat in that chair with my legs up for about another hour or maybe even two, um, at which point I was able to actually get up for just a few minutes and go to the bathroom and a couple of things. It was a very scary incident. And in that time, I was shattered physically and not sure what I was ever gonna do in, in life. I've also had those times in my life where I felt that same level of brokenness in my personal life, felt that way emotionally. And I know some of you know exactly what I mean by that too. You know what it's like to have something happen in your life that leaves you broken and feeling like you're beyond repair. And the emotional state of that and when people try to help with all the good meanings, and I, I'm not saying anything derogatory about how helpful people are, but when they try often, all you want to do is just shake them and tell them you don't understand. I'm broken to a point where I will never come back together. And it feels that way, doesn't it? Some of you that have been in that state emotionally, you know what I mean. There have also been times where I've felt shattered spiritually, where I felt like my sin was too great and there was no way that God could ever reach to me. Now, this particular version of shattered is very unreal and isn't true because Jesus' blood covers us so much. And there's never a point, never a place that we get so low that we can't be reached but sometimes we feel that way. So whether you're going through right now a state of feeling shattered physically, shattered emotionally, or even shattered spiritually, have I got a great best-selling author for you today. Her book's actually launching today and it's already on the bestseller list. People are already clamoring to get it. It's going to make a difference in your life. Very, very short book. It's a very tiny short read. Um, but it's so powerful and so impactful and it's so raw and real and genuine. And as this author shares with you the things that have broken her in life and what she's been led to and the amazing transformations that have happened even just now, literally as we were writing the book over the course of the last couple of weeks, 
transformations were happening and being reflected in the book. And it's a wonder to behold and to watch. And I say that to encourage you that the difference between this week and last week can be tremendous, can be huge. The difference between where you feel right now and what you may be feeling even after just listening to this episode can be night and day. You see, mending is there for you. And you were always a gem. You are a precious, precious gem. In fact, the author, her name's Robin, asked me to write in the end of the book the thing that I said to her just a couple of nights ago after she had a breakthrough experience with Jesus. And this is towards the very, almost to the very end of her book. And I said to her, after she said, and then I prayed the prayer of salvation and I fell to pieces. And I said to her, and Jesus, scooping the precious gem up out of the shit, shining her polishing her, whispering in her ear, I love you. All the pieces that were missing, all that she thought was shattered beyond repair, were made better than measured with gold. All of the perfect her she always was fell into place. She had the one and only thing that she ever needed. Jesus. Today is going to be a breakthrough episode for you. Today goes beyond just being a thriving entrepreneur to thriving in every aspect of your life. I'm excited to go on this journey with you. I'm so blessed to be the one to take you down this road. And so now as I take a quick commercial break, we will then jump right into the interview with this amazing best-selling author. Let's take that quick commercial break and then we'll come back and we'll learn the truest, deepest meaning of how to be a thriving entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. We are going to talk today about how to be mended with gold how to take the shattered piece of you and how to grow and be all the more than you ever could have been. Andre Crouch wrote a song years ago and the lyrics part of it says, hand all the broken pieces of your life and at the feet of Jesus lay them down. You will be a better person for that. I'm so excited to bring this author to you. And so I'm going to stop talking now and go into my interview with her. Join me in welcoming my good friend, Robin Ritchie. Hey, Robin, how are you doing today? 
Oh, I'm good. I'm excited. My my book's launching today. <laughs> yeah. The book is called Shattered Pieces Mended with Gold. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that. But first, tell us just a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Um, sure. So I'm 29. I'm a mom. I have two kids um, and I'm in a relationship kind of <laughs> off and on. Um, I show up in the world by showing kindness to everyone that I meet. And, you know, regardless of the bad things that I've faced, it's just kind of always been in my nature. I've lived by be humble and be kind my whole life. And that's pretty much how I live my life. It's a good way to live your life, to be humble, be kind, mm-hmm. and to just love life. All yes. right. So shattered pieces mended with gold. Obviously, there's some uh, difficult things in here. Let's jump into the tough stuff so we can get to the gold. Okay. Um, what are the things that happened in your life that shattered you? Um, I'll start with where it first started. Um, my father was extremely abusive physically, emotionally, sexually to me, basically until I moved out at 18. He really um, did a number on me and I have a lot of scars that are still healing that I'm still working on and filling those injured pieces of myself with gold. But I'm, I'm getting there. And, you know, after that horrible relationship with my father, I had multiple relationships with men that were maybe not physically abusive, but certainly sexually and emotionally abusive, just because I didn't know any better. And I had thought a lot of times that sex equaled love. And I was taken advantage of a lot for that, for, for being too sexual or whatever, and expecting it too much or, or whatever men wanted to tell me over the years. Um, I've just been hurt a lot by men in general in this world. And, and yeah, that's my story. <laughs> We're going to change that one phrase for you, and we're going to change that word men to little boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Definitely not ever been with a real, you know, real man, honestly. And, you know, I'm with someone now that I'm trying to not necessarily make them be the man that I want, but hopefully inspire them to be the man that I know that they can be. Um, and give them the chance to be that for me because I do now know my worth and what I will and will not accept and uh, have to put that out there and hope that they respect that as well. A lot of girls struggle with that. You know, they, maybe one of the biggest flaws of being a female is the ability to see potential. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Because you're always thinking like, I don't know, you can mold somebody and, and, Truthfully, you can't really change anyone unless they want to change. So instead of hoping that, oh, this is not a red flag or maybe it's going to change one day, it's more up to you to decide if it doesn't change, am I going to put up with it? And, you know, especially if you give them the opportunity to say these things really bother me in a relationship, how you're acting or whatever, and they choose not to change, then that's, you know, that's totally up to them. That's who they are. That's not on you. That's not saying they don't love you. It's just saying that they are not able to be the man, their person that you need. And you kind of have to move on with that. That's a tough one. Um, You know, what advice would you give to young girls entering into the dating realm and stuff like that to save themselves from that instead of learning it the hard way like you did? I mean, I honestly, if I could tell everyone to not start dating until you totally love yourself first and know your worth, then that's what I would say ultimately, because I jumped into it right away, trying to find love and trying to fill these holes that I had with a relationship, thinking that that's what was going to make me whole. And I've been through various relationships. I've been in love, whether or not it was reciprocated, you know, it's definitely not, it's definitely not the answer to to everything. And I lost my train of thought, but if you could guide me back on the path, I would appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) What could a, what could a young girl do to begin the process of loving themselves? That's so powerful. So I do think that having positive role models is helpful. Um, Unfortunately, the media is not the greatest place to teach young children. And if they don't have parents, that's, you know, where they learn it from. And that's where I learned it from. So I have the extreme vision of like the happily ever after fairy tale that I 
wished and dreamed of having growing up and chased for many years of my life instead of realizing that the real fairy tale is falling in love with yourself and it is very hard being a young girl especially these days everything on the radio everything in the media it's just like you have to look look a certain way you have to act a certain way you have to be the cool one it's like be true to yourself no matter how scary it is because the right people are going to love you for who you are you don't want somebody to love a facade of you or an act that you have to try to keep up for the rest of your life you know you want to be authentically you and that's scary. So there is a lot of inner work that you have to do in order to get to that point. And to tell you exactly the steps to take, I would say maybe just date yourself, like go literally to places by yourself. Cause that was the scariest thing for me. It's like, I'm going to go to a movie by myself and look completely stupid. And that was just my young brain thinking that when really nobody pays attention. You know, I think that's the biggest thing is you think everybody's eyes are on you and they're really, really on their own insecurities most of the time. So date, date yourself first. One of the most powerful things that anybody said in radio interviews I've done is Claire Anstey. She said, you know, we're riding to work on a bus and we're worried about all of the things people are judging us for when in truth, they're busy worrying about all mm-hmm. the things everybody's <laughs> judging them. It's true because you think about it. I mean, I, if I think about how many times I'm doubtful of going out in public or whatever with, especially after I shave my head, you know, it's, it definitely creeps up when I have to make a constant choice to be like, who cares? And honestly, to remind myself that everybody has those insecurities even the most, whoever you think is the most beautiful person on the world, if you really talk to them, they'll probably tell you like, oh, I hate the way this or that looks. And you'll be like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. But everybody is dealing with stuff. So that's, that's so true. The funniest part of that, um, you know, cause you had said it earlier and I was thinking of the, the TV show, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Oh yeah, yes, yes. And <laughs> imagine how powerful a show about the Kardashians learning to keep up with the person that they mm-hmm. wish they were. <laughs> yes. Even in a show like that, honestly, where it just shows regular women in media, not these um, plastic surgery Barbies that obviously are, are beautiful to look at. I can't deny it. But at the same time, that's not the only standard of beauty that there is. And the media definitely needs to put an average woman on TV and their family. And I would watch that reality show, like just a freaking normal family that has to deal with stuff like lawyers and court and things like of that nature. Like I've had to deal with, I would watch that because that's more real, real life. That's more interesting to me than a a fairy tale that is really completely unattainable unless you are Kim Kardashian and her whole family, which is like what, 10, 15 people out of a billion. So there's definitely not enough media attention for women of normal sizes, men of normal sizes, anything like that. Even Disney that I love all the princesses, cookie cutter, skinny, beautiful, big eyed princesses, like women and girls need figures that are fuller and that are, have blemishes and things like that. So they know that that's normal. Yeah, for sure. I've always said, you know, because I love rom-coms, but I've always said the best part about it is they end at that absolute perfect moment in life. And then, you know, the rest of life happens. You know, Mm -hmm. I always think of Sleepless in Seattle, you know, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, they still both live on opposite coasts and all the other things, you know. Yeah. Like real life happens after that, that happily ever after. And yes, you hope for the happily ever after, but you have to work for it. You have to work for it. It doesn't just happen. Love is a choice. Like maybe not every day it's a choice because you just love them, but it is, can be a choice if another opportunity presents itself to cheat. Like that is a choice that you're making on for that person that you love if, if you're going to be faithful or not. And even when they're pissed off one day or whatever in a bad mood, you're making that choice like, man, this guy's getting on my nerves today. I could leave, but you're, it's just, it's an active choice every day. Love is, it's not just something that happens to you and you have to work at it. Absolutely. So, um, and share as much of it as you're comfortable with. So, you know, no pressure here, but 
Mm-hmm. Recently, you went through a pretty rough patch. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk through some of the things that happened over the course of the last month or so for you? Yeah. So kind of to start with the downward spiral was getting let go from my job um, without like notice or really a definitive answer if I was even fired um, by my own mom. And that really kind of killed me. Um, she basically ghosted me after us having a really good relationship for the past three years. Um, I loved her and I cared about her. And when she did that, it kind of just shattered me. And then following that, um, shortly after I got a phone call from my father, who offered to pay me a large sum of money in order to sign a contract saying that I won't talk about any of the sexual stuff that happened when I was a kid. And, you know, I'll be honest, for a long time, I kind of thought I maybe either made it up that he had done it or I was imagining it because it didn't feel quite real to me. And I didn't realize until recently that it's because I disassociated from it because I couldn't deal with it as a kid. Um, I had to separate myself into, I don't even know, maybe another version of me that had had to deal with that, that was strong enough to deal with it at the time. Um, and uh, after he confirmed that for me, it was just kind of like, my whole world kind of fell apart. I think when you hear that both of your parents that gave birth to you don't care about you, and one of them did do all these horrible things to you, and you know that the other one had to have known about it, because we were very close family. We had we didn't have friends outside of our family. We were always together. So it's like for me to put those pieces together just kind of broke me. And I was trying my best to deal with it as well as I could. Being a mom, I didn't want to leave my kids, but I did know in the back of my mind that I would have to end up going to the hospital. I just didn't know and or have the support to do it really. Um, and then that day when everything went down, I was with my kids Well, I was in the bath and my kids were there and my um partner at the time was there and he decided that that was the perfect time to take them away from me. I was, you know, very emotional, having a hard time, I guess, with having a manic episode. I am bipolar or diagnosed bipolar. Um, I don't know how accurate that is yet. There's still more work to be done in therapy, but that's what they came up with while I was in the hospital. And I was there for two weeks and it definitely I feel like, again, I had to go into like a different mode. I called myself Athena when I was there um, because I was imagining that I was like this warrior that because I was scared to death to go to the hospital. And honestly, it's hard to get (laughs) the amount of crap I had to get to to get the help that I needed was insane. I was at a different hospital. They like tranked me basically saying that I was like going crazy. And meanwhile, I'm like, I know I didn't do anything crazy, but I was hearing voices in the hospital. So, yeah, that's crazy. But man, it's not easy. Like, I'll tell you what, if people are really struggling and, and need to go through the same route I did, you have to be, you have to be strong. You have to, because otherwise you're not gonna, like, I don't even know what I would have done. Obviously I was kind of forced into it. I wanted to leave the first hospital that I was at because it was so weird that they kept, they were like keeping me there and I wasn't under arrest and there was no reason why I couldn't leave. But They just held me down on that bed and they put a shot in my arm and then I woke up in a different hospital where I stayed for two weeks and then was released back to mom life and that was not an easy transition either. I mean, you're protected basically for like two weeks and you're by yourself for the most part besides your peers and you don't have to worry about anybody except for yourself and to go back into life with worrying about your children and the relationships that you have, it was was overwhelming. So let's talk about the mending with gold. There's been some really amazing things that have happened in your life the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, share some of that with us. Uh, I think the most powerful thing is I did end up taking just even, I think it was a day and overnight to myself because um, I was so unhappy and I couldn't figure out why. Because the first couple of days I got back from the hospital, I felt so free. I didn't feel worried. Like I had all the reason in the world to be worried. I don't have a job, you know, but I wasn't worried. I felt like comfort. And I think it's because while I was there, I was reading the Bible and um, I didn't really put it together until I came home like a little bit after that and then took this trip by myself. And I just begged God for like an answer, like what I need to do in order to be happy. And, you know, he, 
the way that I hear God is through my own voice in my head. And it was basically like happiness is the one word that I heard. And for some reason, I just kept thinking about what is weighing me down. And it's the happiness of everyone around me. I feel that burden on my shoulders to make those people happy. And in that moment, I was like, wow, what if I just let go of that? And then (laughs) what would happen? It would just be me that I would have to make happy. Like, what's the difference of, obviously, I love the people around me, my sons, I want them to be happy. But at the same time, if I'm doing everything that I can for them, you know, as not because I have to, but because I love them and I want them, you know, to, to be happy, but their pressure, that pressure there, if my son has a meltdown, I no longer have to be like, oh my God, I'm the world's worst mom. No, I know that I did the right things up to this point. I'm doing the right thing through this point. I'm not going to let his moods affect me and make it on me, you know, if that makes sense. And same with my partner. It's like, always he's always complaining about things uh you know not being good enough and it it was like just weighing me down having doubts in the things that I'm doing and it's it affected me and it ruined my confidence and my peace in that moment when I had first come back from the hospital and so I just decided um in that moment to let it go and then a few days later I just really found Jesus and I it was during a prayer and for some reason I just had like a vision of him hugging me and in that moment I was like how did I get so far away from from this path because at some point in 2017 I was like ready to kill myself and I walked into a church um give me just a second I have to let them know that I'm doing this live really quick because he just came back in okay no worries yeah okay I'll be right back we're here with Robin Ritchie. She is talking to us about her amazing book, Shattered Pieces Mended with Gold. Um, and her kids just walked back in the house. And all of you that are moms or dads, you understand the concept of having to have to be a parent 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even when you're live. You know, the advantage that I have now is, is that, you know, my dog came in and laid on my foot for a while and you didn't notice it. She's a little bit less, well, depending on the moment, she's a little bit less demanding than a child is. But, uh, you know, so she just stepped off for a second here to let them know she's on live and then she'll be back here with us. And we'll continue (laughs) talking about being mended with gold. Before we do that, it gives us the perfect opportunity to take a quick commercial break and then come right back now that Robin has uh, come back from making sure that her kids are okay. And we will take a quick commercial break and then be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. Let's jump right back into our interview with Robin Ritchie. We're talking with her about her book, Shattered pieces mended with gold. We were taking this opportune moment when she had to go check on her kids real quick to take a break. And now let's jump right back into the interview where we are talking about some of the 
things that she's been through over the course of the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so I'm sorry about that. I just wanted nobody to come in <laughs> to interrupt what we're doing. So they're aware now. No worries. So you have this incredible moment. Um, mm -hmm. And in in total transparency for everybody listening or watching, yeah. <laughs> I was so blessed. I got to be in a messaging, mm -hmm. you know, I was messaging back and forth with Robin at the moment. And I'll never forget. Can I tell the story a little bit? Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I'll never forget. So we were messaging back and forth. And mostly I was just playing Robin a bunch of, you know, sending her links for a bunch of YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. um, if you guys haven't seen the, uh, uh, her name's uh, Taya, the, the the young lady from Hillsong Worship. The bald head. Um, yeah. <laughs> In Israel, she was completely bald, you know, and. Robin's wearing a wig right now. Yes. But, you know, she shaved her head. And so, you know, it, it, it has that total like, oh my gosh, it looks just totally like you. I was sending all <laughs> of the different songs from this concert that they did, um, mm -hmm. all worship songs. And at one point, Robin said, I'm listening to this sermon. I'll be back in just a little bit. You know, and this is text messages. So it's mm -hmm. not like a conversation like we're having right now. But then, uh, you know, it was probably, well, one time during the middle of it, you said, and I don't know if you remember this, you said, you know, I don't know if it's my ADHD kicking in or whatever, but I don't know if I'm going to finish this or not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you got quiet again. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, you just came back. It, you know, it was about another 10 or 15 minutes later and you're like, I found Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I can't, I just kept watching and that's, my brain is like that where I can't focus on one task, especially with everything that I have going on. It's, it's very hard, but for some reason that uh, I can't remember even which sermon it was. I've watched so many in the meantime, but I just remember that vision of I'm sitting on my bed here. And then all of a sudden I feel like Jesus sitting next to me with his arms around me. And I was like, this is it. <laughs> I found it. I feel lighter. I found him. And I feel like slowly, you know, I've been working a lot on myself to fill the cracks with gold, like just by loving myself. And, and that's hard. And I need, I need help with that. And to have somebody like Jesus who loves you no matter what, and to read more about that love and to know more about it just has, I think, helped tremendously speed up that process of healing me. And we were talking earlier about the young girl who needs to learn to love herself. Um, I think that element of Jesus is huge in that. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, I was blessed. I, I mean, I lost him recently, but my dad was an amazing father. But a lot of people don't have that. But everybody has access to Jesus. Yes. And, you know, there's a hard, like, there's always a line for me because I've never been in a religious family. And they've always... I don't know, kind of ran away from it, I think. Obviously, now I understand why. But for me, I've never wanted to push religion on anybody because I think that they can make their own decision. But absolutely think that it's so important for children to at least be exposed to it, whether it's through like Bible school or just like their parents kind of being like, hey, there's also this person, God, there's this story that we can tell you and then they can make a decision whether or not, you know, they want to learn more about it. But definitely, if I, if I could, I would introduce every young person to Jesus from a young age. So they know growing up that they always have someone in their corner and that you don't have to be worried about being alone and settle for less just because you don't want to be alone because you're, you're not with Jesus. So, and the book is called Shattered Pieces Mended with Gold. I am going to put the... Uh link to it in the chat in case you didn't see it in the description, which it's there as well. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about how it feels to be. And I actually said to you that day, it's never about really mending. It's about Jesus really showing you that you always are and always were a diamond. But mm -hmm. what does it feel like to be mended with gold to use the phrase from your book? Honestly, for me, it's almost like I think of it as golden armor. Like I think that the scars are still definitely there, but they're faded and it's, I'm just plated in like this gold armor of love and protection and strength and hope. And I think that's, what's kind of holding it all together. And that's like the final piece of my, 
of my outfit is like I'm I can pretend I walk out with like a sheath of armor that's gold plated and it's because of everything that I've been through in my life that I've you know overcome and and yeah that's that's kind of how I how I picture it. Mm, I love that. Thinking about your life the week before you went into the hospital and what this last week's been like. Give us a comparison between the two of those. I was so confused. I didn't know who I was. I I mean, I still don't really know who my parents are, but at this at that point, I was like letting it affect me so much. I had so many unanswered questions and it was just eating me alive and I couldn't I didn't know myself well enough to not let it bother me. And then fast forward to this week, I feel like it doesn't matter where I came from. It doesn't matter, you know, my past. It, what matters is I know who I am now. And that is a very strong individual who has a lot of, you know, hope for her future, for for the world. And I think that that's a really important transformation. I do kind of feel like the caterpillar going into the cocoon in the hospital and then coming out as like this multifaceted person who has strength, who has shyness, who has, you know, fear and like can still be Robin, all these things, all these different emotions that I feel can still be Robin and I can still be strong. Even when I'm crying, I can still be powerful. Even when I'm scared, you know, things like that. Mm, that's awesome. So for the person that's listening um, what's one thing that they could do right now that would help them? Um, well, on a personal level, I would say open a Bible or listen to a worship song and see how you feel. And then um, if that doesn't work for you, I think it would be to just keep your chin up and to keep your head held high in whatever you're doing. Be proud of who you are. And if there's a change that you've been like waiting to do, like say cut your hair short or I don't know, wear your makeup a weird way or whatever you want to do, just start small, start small and then go out in public. And, you know, if that's your fear and do that, it's, it's kind of like working on your fears one at a time. Mine is public speaking. Like this is a huge fear for me, but it's easier because it's my friend Steve that I talk to all the time and I don't see anybody else, which is great, but it's a, it's a big step for me because I get nervous and I feel like I'm better on and typing and, but I'm doing it. And that's the most important thing is when you decide you're going to do something, then, then do it. Obviously, unless something, something happens beyond your control, then don't do it. But if you can take that step. Absolutely. So um, the book is called Shattered Pieces Mended with Gold. It is available actually today for free on Amazon. <laughs> Yeah. Um, in fact, let's, uh, let's do something fun here live that I don't usually do because I've seen some of the things already today. Okay. Um, just for those of you who are curious, you know, because making people bestsellers is what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, the book is currently a bestseller in three categories, it's still actually showing in the paid categories and it is free today. Wow. Um, so it'll drop into the top 10 and at least those three, probably others. Um, really, really great book. Whether you're suffering from bipolar depression um, or you just need, uh, you know, something to make you feel strong, this book is really, really good for you. Robin, take a couple of minutes here before we end up and just, just give some words of encouragement to the people that are listening. Well, you know, in my life, I've had a lot of instances where I felt very, very alone and very damaged and unworthwhile. And I think for especially any of you out there that are feeling like that, I just want you to know that you're not alone, whether you can or can't or don't want to buy this book. That's okay. If you want to, I do have, you know, a, a business on Facebook that I'm trying to start where I can reach out to those who really need someone to listen to them and someone to possibly give advice if they need to, or someone to just tell them that no matter what you're loved, no matter what you've done, no matter what's on your heart, you know, you're loved. And I want to be that person for you. And I want to inspire people through this book that just because you've had a horrible, 
horrible hand dealt to you doesn't mean that you can't still be happy, that there is still Jesus at the end of the road that's going to walk with you for the rest of your life. And as soon as you let him in, you're going to feel that weight lift. And and I know people talk about it and it's like until they're blue to their face, you don't believe them until you feel it. And I told Steve, you know, I, I can't feel it. Normally it's like a worship song that'll get me there. And you just, I had to keep looking. I had to keep looking for the thing that was going to open my heart completely to, to Jesus. And I think that I would be happy to talk to anybody who is interested in that route. Anybody who has things that are going on with their life, similar to mine, you know, any, any age, anybody, any reason I'm there for you. If you want to talk to me. I love that. I just put the uh, link in the chat as well for uh, for your website. Give us an idea what it would, or rather, for your Facebook group, uh, give us an idea what uh, you know what it costs and what people could do um, if they wanted to work with you or, or talk to you. Sure. So my service is basically a dollar per minute for voice chat, like uh, on the phone and minimum $15. And basically that's a conversation that you can tell me again, anything that you might be, that might be weighing you down, like a burden that you've been carrying, a secret you've been carrying, something that you're ashamed of that you've done, or whether it's relationship advice. I mean, it's, it's anything that is weighing on you that you wish you could just turn to somebody who completely understands you and there's nobody there, but there's me. (laughs) Um, And then there is an option for a video call if you prefer that more intimate setting. And that would be just $2 per hour. So $30 minimum for 15 minutes. $2 $2 per minute, not $2. That's what hour. I mean. Yes. Yes. <laughs> $2 per minute. Yes. Thank you. All right. Well, do get the book Shattered Pieces Minute with yes, Gold. Um, it's available for free today. You'll be glad that you did. And reach out to Robin, uh, mm-hmm. facebook.com forward slash magic in the mundane. It's M A G I K I N T H E. M-U-N-D-A-N-E. Yes, I did look at that. So I made sure I spelled that right. (laughs) Um, And the link's there for you too. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, of course you could look up Robin by her name, Robin Ritchie on uh, Facebook as well. Mm -hmm. Robin, thanks so much for your book and for all that you do in the world and for spending some time with us here today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for all that you've done and your encouragement and support through all of this. It's been a real blessing. So what are you going to do with the shattered pieces of your life? Are you going to lay them at the feet of Jesus and let him take care of them? Are you going to look for opportunity for life to be better than you could have ever imagined? Or, like often many of us do, no judgment, you know that the show is a judgment-free zone, but what if you could let it all go right now? What would that be like? What would life feel like if the shattered pieces of your life could right now be mended with gold? We do have one more commercial break before I come back and wrap up the show, but I just want you to think about that while we're taking this next commercial break. What if life could be mended with gold and all the shattered pieces of your life could be okay? What would life look like then? Think about that right now and see if you can't use that as a trick, a tip for you too to live as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve,
believe. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. We've been talking about shattered, mended with gold, being the gem that you always were, about taking a look at the things in our life that have shattered us and seeing even just possibly sparking within each of us the belief that this current shattered state could be something better, that it could be more than we ever thought was possible. I've often said, you know, and it's true, the problem with breakthrough is the breaking and the through. You know, everybody wants to be at the end of their breakthrough, but no one really wants to break. And I don't blame you. I don't want to break. I don't want to be broken. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to lay on the floor shattered and bleeding. Or, as I told in the story at the opening, laying on the floor unable to move, wondering if coyotes are going to eat me. Nobody wants to be through that. But it's from those moments when we come through that we have stories to tell, that we can relate to people. We can say, oh, yes, I know how you feel. I have a friend of mine, and I'm not going to share what they're going through right now, but we were having this conversation about a week ago, and they were feeling less than. Like, what do I possibly have to offer the world because of the mistake that I just made? And I was sharing, oh no, that makes you all the better, all the more powerful of a coach, of a leader, of a professional at what you do. Because now you understand at a level you didn't before. Now you have the opportunity to be valuable at the most important of levels. And that's valuable in vulnerability. It's a tough one. There are a lot of times when I start into a story and I'm like, I don't know if I want to tell these people that. I've even a couple of times in total transparency, absolute vulnerability, told a story and gone back and been like, no, I'm not going to go there with them today. And, and I'll tell you, again, since I'm being just totally open and honest, like I usually am with you, the only times I've ever done that here on the show have been times when my concern was for the impact that would have on, you know, basically members of my family and whether or not telling a story that may not necessarily be mine to tell and just having my perspective, whether or not it was kind to share that. And other than that, you guys know me by now. You know I'm, I'm probably overly transparent, probably a little bit too raw and real most of the times about all of the stuff I'm going through and how I feel shattered and broken and I'm laying all embarrassed and down on the floor and thinking that I'm never, ever going to get out again, you know. But what I also love to share with you is the next day and the week after that and the couple years later and those times when you can smile and you can say, it is well with my soul. For those of you that have ever heard that song, the song It Is Well With My Soul was written by a man who got the news that the entirety of his family had died in an ocean voyage wreck and that the family that he was expecting to meet on the pier here in the United States that were coming over from England, I believe it was, that they were gone and that he would never again see them in this life. And he sit, sat down and penned the words, when peace like a river 
attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you've taught me to say, it is well with my soul. And we can't, any of us ever necessarily get there instantly. Sometimes we do. But a lot of times it's a process. But it's that process of moving from the shatteredness of right now to the exciting moment of the then. And getting to be able to share that moment with somebody. Just like I talked about the moment that I got to spend when Robin's heart was mended by Jesus and her life was made whole. And to be in that moment. And I've had it happen, but it's been a few years since I've been with somebody when they gave their heart to Jesus. And it was so cool. It was so amazing. For those of you that know Jesus, if you've never had that moment, I encourage you to just share. Allow yourself the blessing of that moment. For those of you that are like, well, you know, there's been a lot of Jesusiness in this show. First of all, as I always tell you, I told you in the intro, I'm a third generation minister, so don't be shocked when Jesus comes up into this conversation. And second of all, you got to know God loves you. And he could care less what name you call him by. He just wants you to call on him because he wants to be your friend, to love you, and to take the shattered pieces of your life for you to lay them at his feet, to give them all to him, and let him, as that song goes, turn your sorrows into joy. As Robin's book says, to take the shattered pieces and mend them with gold so that you too, O oh precious gem, can see and know and feel that you were never really actually shattered, that you always have been a precious gem, and that life may have piled, heaping piles of shit on top of you, and that's okay. Because beneath all of that stuff the world dumped on you, is a beautiful, shiny, wonderful, precious, amazing, opulent gem. And our master is going to clean it off and make you whole like you never knew before. Because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. You're not an accident. You're here very specifically on purpose to fill a space that only you can fill. Because the world needs you. I'm so honored, so delighted for every moment that we get to spend together. To be able to pour into you and tell you that you're uniquely brilliant, that you have a purpose. That the passion that propels you through life, that it's good. And that you too can live in a place where you can say, it is well with my soul. That you can feel joy that's unspeakable and you can like it too you can be happy in a way that makes other people think you're crazy and that's okay because when you have real joy then you know what it's like to truly feel whole and to truly thrive in all that you do and more than the businesses we run it's the impact that we get to make on the world as we live as thriving entrepreneurs and we move and we live and we thrive in this life to make a difference in this world that only you can make. Until we're together again next time, be happy, safe, warm and loved, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs>
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You are-